All right, all right, all right. Carnivore Soldier coming at you from Austin, Texas. Today, we got another episode of Mission Carnivore. In this podcast, we focus on veterans and first responders and how they've adopted the carnivore lifestyle and what it's meant to them and what it's done for their life. Today, we have a pretty special uh, event. I have a chaplain, an active duty chaplain from the U.S. Navy, Chaplain Jaime Nava, and he's jumping on board with me and we're going to talk carnivore. Let me bring him in and let him introduce himself right now. Hey, what's oh, up, man. Jaime? What's up? Listen, I know you're a chaplain in the Navy. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, and then you can tell me about your service. So why don't you just tell me about you, where you're from, what you do, all that stuff. Sure. So I grew up in Southern California. My three brothers, I have three brothers, one sister. So my dad, I'll back up even more. My dad came over from Mexico and met my mom through the restaurant business. And they had five kids, four boys, one girl. I'm the middle kid. So, you know, pastor, chaplain, it's not unusual to see a middle kid in there. But my three brothers, they all joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> and so I guess I could say that technically they're still Marines, even though they're not still active duty or reserves or whatever. You know, once a Marine, always a Marine. But that was on my mind to consider becoming a Marine, but it never came to fruition because I ended up going to college, got my bachelor's, and that was to go to get my master's, master's of divinity, because I wanted to be a pastor. And along the way, it was always in the back of my head, like, what if you were in the military? What if you were a chaplain? And so it ended up about 2019, I got asked to be the pastor of a church. And I said, hey, let me, I, I would love to serve you guys, but I'm also considering being a reservist Navy chaplain. I would like to join the Navy as a chaplain. And they're like, you know what? I love it. Let's go for it. So I jumped in, joined the reserves, did that for about two and a half, three years. And through COVID, oh man, the number of religious accommodation requests for <laughs> COVID vaccines. Was I would have been there, man. Loop. Oh, yeah. I luckily, I retired in 2019, so I missed it, but I would have been there. I It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And I was there. And at the time, as a reservist, I was covering down for a, a Marine Wing Support Squadron and with the Navy. The reserves is kind of a funny world. You can do two different things at the same time. So I was covering down for Navy and Marines at the same time. And then I asked my wife, hey, let's go active duty. And she said, absolutely not. We've moved way too many times. And like, let's just settle down. Let's get some roots. And then about six months later, I heard the chief of chaplains preach a sermon. And I was there to support. And, you know, it just kind of struck me like, yeah, I think I want to go active duty. And I talked to my wife. And I was, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I feel it. Like, I'm feeling this. And she, she comes back. She's like, you know what? I think you can do it. I think we can do it. Because, yeah, we've moved a lot, but actually we're really good at moving. And we got a sense of adventure. There was a time where in the seminary, I went over, we went over, my wife and I went overseas to England, studied for a year. And we lived in St. Louis and we lived in California, Northern California and England. Like we've traveled around all over. We're used to all that. So she felt like, yeah, you know what? I think we can do it if anybody's going to be able to do it. So... <laughs> you know, she said, yes, I put in the paperwork and I had to go through another process to become an active duty chaplain. And then I got put with Carrier Air Wing 7. They're out of Virginia and we are not assigned. We are assigned to a carrier, but we're not the ship's company. So we're not the taxi driver who has to check the oil and check the tires and all that stuff. But the taxi driver gives us a ride to where we go drop bombs, I guess. If yep. You want to put it that way. It's a moving hotel and we're the guests. Yeah. And so that's the best way I can put it. So when we're on shore, we're not on the carrier. But the ship's company on the carrier, they still are. So, you know, wave goodbye, run as fast as we can out of there, and then do our thing on shore. But we're designed to be on carriers. Carrier air wings are all designed to be on carriers. So, right. And then, so you're married. Do you have kids? I do. Yeah. So I'm married, been married for 2005. I guess it's been 
it'll be 19 years this year. Two girls. My oldest is 10. <laughs> she has Down syndrome. If you're military, EFMP4, if you know what that means, exceptional family member program. Yeah. And then my youngest is seven and they love the military life. We're living on base right now. We're right next to the ocean. We're like a five minute walk from the beach. We have a playground that is right across the street from us. So we're, I, I feel like we're spoiled. I know I was gone for three quarters of a year from my family. So I guess you could say in that way, we weren't spoiled, but yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hardships in separation. I know yeah. there are being away from your kids. I know my son leave, leaving for months and months at a time and coming back and they, they've grown so much. You miss so much Yeah, and you just can't get that back. And I know that's one of the, one of the problems of being in service. It's unique. Yeah. And it was tough. Thankfully, there's internet. I can't imagine what people did 20 yeah. years ago. Having to pay for, yeah. <laughs> I was on submarines in the 80s. No oh, internet. Anybody <laughs> on a sub. Anybody on a sub. I Even today, there's no internet on a sub. If they have bursts, though, they can do emails and they can send them in bursts, but they still get obviously scrubbed. We used to have what's mm. called familygrams, which was, I think, 22 words is what you got. And they give you a sheet, the, the person at home, and they would do their, and it was one way. You couldn't send one out. You could only receive them. <laughs> and the Navy would cross words out and only send you blanks. Like you'd only, because it was during the Cold War. I mean, it was. Oh, man. So it was pretty interesting. Cold War? You were around for the Cold War? 84 to 90 is when I served. I joined in 84. I was with Reagan. The, okay. the wall fell in 89. So I was there <laughs> from 84 to 90. Yeah. All right. I won't tell you how old I was at that point. But, uh, <laughs> I'm 57, bro. <laughs> I'm 43, 43. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. It's been a minute. You look great, by the hey, way. Thanks, man. 57. Like, really Carnivore. Good, really good. Yeah. Good, clean diet. That's what it's all yeah. about, man. Um, yeah. <clears throat> We're getting there ourselves. Yeah. So, you and you live what state? Are you in Virginia, you said? Or? Right. Yeah, Virginia. That's where they are. Okay. Got it. So, by Norfolk, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Never been there. I was on the West Coast. I was um, uh, Subron 11, Squadron 11 in Point Loma, San Diego. And then did a little time up in Bremerton, Washington and Honolulu, Hawaii. So I was a West Coast guy. Nice. Yeah, it was interesting. Okay, so you've been a chaplain. Now you went active duty for one or two years now, right? Yeah, we're coming up on, it's past a year and a half, I think at this point, active duty. Okay. Mm. And how's that been for you? It's been amazing. The reserves was a whole different beast because you get a lot of military, or not military, I'm sorry, police officers or sheriffs that do reserve work. Right. And they come and, and they talk to you. And the, the beauty <clears throat> is Navy chaplains, and I, I want to say all chaplains, have 100% confidentiality for military members and their families. And so... It's great to know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like I, I put out there, look, if you're afraid of losing your status at, in your job, oh, I, I won't have flight status. I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to do that if you go see a doc or a psychologist, like, you know, whatever counselor, talk to the chaplain. Yeah. And if it's, if the chaplain says, Hey, this needs to elevate, then it can elevate. You get there, but you don't have to necessarily, maybe it is. You just need someone to vent to. And so you you're lose. not obligated. You're not obligated to elevate if it's a certain thing. Exactly. So you lose nothing. You gain all the opportunity of spilling your guts and talking about stuff. And generally, I mean, everyone, um, I would say most chaplains are good. Yeah. Um, but in all jobs, you, you got some people you don't always mesh with. But yeah. it's, it's been an, an amazing opportunity to be there for police officers, for sheriffs, for correctional facility folks. And then now active duty, I've been able to counsel with ship's company, with air wing people. And when, with air wing, you're not just talking pilots, which I did talk to, but you're also talking with maintainers, the people who keeps these things flying and flying. Well. Airedales, right? The guys yeah, on exactly. the deck. Yeah. All of them. And yeah. it's a huge privilege when they come in and they're so busted up about yeah. life. And maybe we'll get into it more, but life on a ship is, yeah, it is not like, 
life on shore. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> but the, the I ask when people come talk to me, I ask four basic questions. I say, "What is your diet like? What is your sleep like? What is your sunlight like? And what is your Exercise. Oh, exercise. I know I should act spiritual, right? But you would think I would go there, but generally I don't because that's probably a good idea because that'll put people off, right? Well, they don't, they don't, most people who come to talk to a chaplain aren't looking for religious services, right? They're just looking to talk. Yeah. I will ask, and I know I said some stuff to you, I can send you these articles, but people who are religious tend to have lower suicidal right uh, not ideation but you know fulfillment of the ideation and there's multiple studies that prove that like people who have a religious background don't carry out suicidal ideation even if they have it and so i will say you have a religious background not because i'm trying to make you religious but man if you have one lean into that yeah because if you do that's gonna that's gonna really help you out but back to the four things, everyone has four things. It doesn't matter who you are. And in my opinion, from my background, God created everything. He designed it all. And so in this design, if you got these four things and you got them well, then things are going to go a little better for you. You're going to reduce your stress and whatnot. So on submarines, we're just jacked, right? Because we're not going to get sunlight. So we get three. You got to get vitamin D. So if that's what I would say. If I was a chaplain for subs, I'd be like, <laughs> you better take vitamin D supplements with you. Because yeah. if you don't, you're going to be hurting. Or if you're in an Arctic unit. Right. I mean, oh, you know, I've done that. I've done that too. I was in an Arctic unit for four years. So in the oh. army. Um, right. So let's talk about your diet though. What, what were your reasons? Like, how did you hear about carnivore? And then also I want you to touch on how you heard about my channel. Because you didn't know I was a YouTuber when you contacted me, right? So why don't you first talk about your diet and all that, and then talk about how you heard about me. I'm interested in that. Yeah. So my wife and I, I was was talking to her today about it. When did we go keto? Because we did at some point, and I don't remember when. I want to say maybe a couple years ago, three years ago. I'm not sure. And I asked her why. Do you remember why? And she's like, I don't know. You like saw something, read something. (laughs) So I'm the instigator going to these deep dives on YouTube. And so first we stepped into the keto thing and you've got, oh, as I think about it, there was this dude that has the snake juice diet. You ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I was becoming a chaplain in the reserves, I remember this, the night before I interviewed, I was talking to this guy and he was talking about the snake juice diet. (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck is that? I'm watching this guy's video and he's like, hey, fatty. And he's like dropping F-bombs like, oh, who is this guy? But I'm looking into it. Like, okay, fasting, electrolytes. Like, no, okay. A lot of what he says makes sense. And he did this OMAD thing. And he's very aggressive about it. Okay, maybe we won't be as aggressive. But I have fasted for three days and it was actually pretty good. Looking into autophagy, was it 2019? Right. The, the what a you know, world health award what's the word i'm looking for but anyway autophagy is real it's legit looked into that and then and then over time started to what was it there's a doc on youtube he's got barry not barry he's dr berg berg dr berg he's like big been to keto and he talks about but he was good i watched your water right so that he got me in and then you had thomas delauer i think it is like he pulled me in and then Tom Thomas DeLauer, he interviewed, I think it was Paul Saladino. And that was my slippery slope, man. That was my first banana peel into this <laughs> like downward spiral of awesomeness because I don't want to say downward, but like just this deep dive. And he got me so interested in it. And then I think in their interview, that he like someone fired off a bunch of names, like, oh yeah, Ken Berry and chafee and other people i'm like oh i gotta look up these people now because they fired off these names they must know what they're talking about and so went looked them up and ken dr ken barry he's been my go-to yeah partly because yeah he's dude he's amazing but he's funny 
and he gives the receipts. And I like Dr. Chafee because he's like middle finger all around. I don't yeah. care if I, what you think I'm going to do what I know is right. And, and he's brilliant. And he's, he's brilliant on top of it. Yeah. Dude, a, was it a neuro neurosurgeon resident surgeon brain doctor i call him brain doc <laughs> this is the people you see on like soap operas right you don't meet one in real life but to listen to him and how logical he is and he brings also he brings receipts and then that brought me to like low carb down under and that's yeah. a phenomenal youtube channel and then dr chafee had you on yeah talking about veterans and all of that it made me think of the people that i serve I was this last underway that I did, which wasn't super long. It was less than two weeks, but I went all meat for the whole thing. Nice. Just to see if I could be carnivore in an underway. Now, as an officer, it's a little, not a little, it's a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's more of an all-you-can-eat buffet each meal. And so I get to choose. I can take beef if it's there or chicken or fish or whatever, but I can avoid all the other stuff, especially the salad and the dressings. Oh my gosh. I know. Seed oil city. Dude, they're the worst. Yeah. It's all it is. And so I was able to just dig into the meat and I, I know I dropped weight. And the crazy thing when I was backing up a little bit, I'm I'm jumping around all over the place. You said, right. How did I hear about you? But I'm going to the underway that I had for eight and a half months doing carnivore stuff. It wasn't quite there. In fact, actually, I jumped out of carnivore on the underway because I had this guy who's like, dude, if you want to bulk up, or lose weight or whatever, here's what you got to do. You got to have this many carbs. And he did the calculations, right? You got to have this much protein, you know, all the macros, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it. I'll do the N equals one or N over one or N of one or however you want to call it. I've heard it multiple ways. Right. I'm going to try it. And so I jumped in and I'm like, like rowing and I'm working out. And I, I did lose weight. I did. But one thing that I couldn't ever lose is my waistline. Yeah. It never went down. I'm like, dude, how am I losing weight? but I'm not losing waistline. And it was for over eight months that I I, I was doing this and the waist never changed, even though my weight changed. So I came in active duty and I sent you some pictures via email. I don't know if you want to use them or not. I don't know how that works, but I came in about 195 active duty and I'm right now about 177, 178. So not quite 20 pounds, but the thing that did change when I went carnivore, almost the first week or two, I started losing waistline. Yeah. Which eight and a half months I didn't do, but doing carnivore, like. That's body composition changes. And that's the difference, right? It's not weight loss. It's body composition change. Right. Just feeling like feeling having that energy feeling like there's certain stuff that that i would do that i don't need to do not having the need to nap like when you eat and we're right now like we're doing two meals a day so i will before i take off for work i'll cook up a patty of hamburger with a couple eggs on top and then when i come home i'll whip up whatever it is skirt steak or pork belly or Top sirloin, which right now my top sirloin is my favorite. And the commissary. Yeah. It's nice. so good for meat. I know it's not like grass fed or grass finished, but I'm trying to do that. What Dr. Barry said, he's like, dude, or was it Dr. Chafee? I don't remember which one. No, it was Dr. Barry. Dr. Chafee said it in the past too. He says there is some benefit to it, but it's not huge. And then Dr. Baker just put out a video talking about it. It said it's negligible. There's no studies Ooh. showing it's better. And from what the study, the data that is out there shows a negligible difference between, and I can tell you right now, I've gotten all my results off standard feedlot cows that I get from Costco. So that's, I'm just a Costco guy. Dude, I I like Whole Foods. They've got like a blend of hamburger with organ meat, like heart, Mm -hmm. liver, stuff like that. So I did ask my wife to pick that up. That's on occasion, but for the most part, like commissary meat, that's what we're living off of right now. And 
what was it? Somebody said it's better to get bronze and silver than yeah. being in last place, like eating total trash. So well, that's the thing. You can't let perfection get in the way of excellence. And that's what I tell people. Listen, you can't make grass-fed the only standard for carnivore because it works with, for one, it does, it's not required to actually get great results. And two, a lot of people on fixed incomes can't do it or with large families just can't do it. And what are they going to do? Just keep eating the standard diet? So yeah, if it's between those two, for sure. But like for me, it's just a convenience thing. I, and I actually like the flavor of the grain-finished beef. And it's grass-fed its whole life, pretty much. They're out on eating grass, and then they finish them with grain for the last six to eight weeks, I believe. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So it's grain-finished? Yeah, it's grain-finished. But and That would get to the marbling, all that marbling, that delicious fat. <laughs> so good. It's funny because I was listening to Sean O'Mara. Yeah, the sprinter. Kenberry. Yeah, it's yeah I sprint now. Yeah. Dude, I know. I started doing that too. But like some of the stuff is majoring in the minors. Like he's, oh, if it's not grass finished, I won't touch it. Yeah, well, that's good for you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, I get it. Like a lot of stuff that he does and says it's really interesting and cool. But like that that 90%, like if you focus on the that 10% or the 5%, you lose everything else. People who are just starting out, especially like for us. It's good to know, like I could eat, technically I could eat, I could eat spam and hot dogs and it would be yep. better than the standard American diet. <laughs> We're not doing that, but. Uh. And I did a video on how you can do BBB and E at Walmart for $40 a week for a person. And that's just buying 10, 10 pound logs of ground beef and cases of eggs, 60 eggs for, I don't know, 12 bucks or whatever. And then buying bacon and butter and salt and that's all you got that's all you need and you can be very successful with this just doing that and that's very affordable even if it's 60 dollars a week it's still very affordable right yeah people are blown away when i tell them and i'm obviously i'm now like a carnivore acolyte if you will like, <laughs> and i tell them you will spend less money going carnivore and they're like what are you talking about i'm like here's the math mm -hmm. i have this for breakfast i have this for dinner i eat twice a day Here's the math for one person. And they're like, what? And they're like, do it, do the math for the week, for the month, whatever. And their minds are blown. You're not buying this. Like you're not buying all these other things. So not only is my health feeling better on carnivore, my, me and my wife are both doing it. My wife and I are both yeah. doing it for those English majors. But not only is it great for health, but it's also good for your wallet too, yeah. especially as inflated as things are right now. And how much garbage do you guys generate compared to what it used to? Oh, what? The, the stuff crazy, the meat right? comes on? I, yeah. I don't even know. I, I can't it's even It's so think. little garbage. Uh, yeah. My garbage <laughs> used to be, used to get filled up by the end of the week. Now it's one bag in there and it's empty. Right. And I, I neighbors like, hey, you want to put some stuff in my garbage can? Go ahead, throw it in because I got room. <laughs> I don't make, I don't generate waste. It's pretty amazing. I don't throw away food ever anymore. I, I finish everything I eat. So now, you said you and your wife are doing it. What have your health experiences been like or your initial experiences, you and your wife? What did you notice right away besides weight loss? You said the weight loss. I'm sure your wife experienced that too. What other things did you guys notice? Yeah, initially? so we've been doing this probably since September. And I got to be honest, like Thanksgiving, yeah, not the best. And December, oh, man, there was this cookie exchange. We didn't eat all of them, but we did eat way more than we should have. But it wasn't so devastating that we're like, oh, we're going to go off carnivore. In fact, during these times, I was like, please, can we get over this season? Because I really want to get back to what I've been eating with yeah. steak and hamburger. Like I, That's what makes me feel good. Speaking for myself. I still have coffee off and on. I'm like trying to figure out, trying to get through that transition, having a little uh, bourbon and, and stuff like that and a, and a mm -hmm. cigar or something. That's military stuff. Yeah. yeah, I know. And it's really good to connect to people too. So it's hard yeah, to give that social. up. Yeah, it's very social. But across the board, gut's been way better. Um, I won't even get in the history of my gut stuff, but... I've had since 2012, I, it was a massively stressful time of life. And like my gut just went sideways. But now, at this point, 
and you thought fiber it's so crazy yeah. like yeah. fiber is gonna do it oh put more fiber more fiber and i would eat stuff and it would come out and it would not have been changed at all like leaves and nuts and carrots yeah. and corn and like these things i would look down just to see for my health <laughs> and i'm like dude that it that did nothing like it <laughs> what is going on but with this like my wife said even today not to get gross but things feel tighter less often and smaller but oh yeah like, you don't have to you digest you to go all the time if you go on this diet strict you are digesting for the first time in your adult life, like 95% of everything that goes in your mouth gets into your body and doesn't come out as waste because you're not yeah. eating garbage. Like Dr. Chafee says, fiber is just non-digestible carbohydrates. So you cannot digest. So it's like eating a plastic bag. Yeah, It's going to come out as a plastic bag. <laughs> I, I've seen my dog eat plastic things and they come out as plastic things. They don't change. It's the same thing. So we don't need fiber. It's not a nutrient. It's actually not required because you can't get anything out of it. So fiber is just, it's just ridiculous. It was meant to be in the eighties to fill you up, but not give you calories. Cause that was the calories in calories out uh, equation, which is a false equation. Cause that's basically thermodynamics. That's physics. And this is a uh, biochemical engine, not a physics engine, this body. Right. So it's not each calorie is not the same, right? So it's crazy. We all believed it. I did. I thought, oh yeah, this is the way it is. I'm going to eat less calories and eat more fiber and get that to go through me and I won't be, but you know what? The food we ate on the standard American diet, I was never satiated and it's by design. I was always hungry. It's like going to a Chinese buffet 20 mm. minutes later, you're hungry again, right? You overeat and you're still hungry. It's just a mystery, but it's not really because they designed the food that way. And in this diet, when if, if you told someone that was on standard American diet that you ate twice a day, they'd say, well, that's not enough. Probably that's, that'd be there. I see that you can save money, but that's not enough for me because I'd eat five times a day. And that's because they've never eaten satiating food. They've never been satiated like eating this way. Yeah. And we're adding butter on top of the yeah. meat, on top of the eggs. Like there's, and, and we see, we've got bacon, like things of bacon fat, like sitting around, like yeah. one is right by the stove, couple in the fridge. We've got so much fat sitting around. And like you say, you talk to people and you tell them like, oh, I do this. And they're like, well, you can't really survive off of that or you need fiber like all the normal stuff like yeah. when you listen to dr barry or any of these doctors long enough they answer the same question over and over and over to the point yeah. where i can answer it now at this point and <laughs> maybe that's the point maybe that's what they're trying to do maybe they're trying to make us advocates because the people at work i talk to like you guys got to go carnivore or i know people like vegetarians who are have massive health issues and they're yeah. friends of mine and i don't want i don't want to encroach but i want to say look you're having maybe you're having these issues because you're not having enough red meat in your life yeah it's it has affected our physical health but i do feel sharper mentally you know, i feel like yeah on top of it like boom 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 on the ball and you know, my wife's feeling better no we still have ways to go we don't feel like it's more perfect and i don't think there's ever a perfect stage there's constantly working on this for me, when it comes to my mental, I'm always, I've always been pretty positive. Just, I don't know if it's from my dad or our upbringing or what. And, and I think I've been built for this type of work because I don't, I'm not callous. If someone's going through a hard time, I feel for them. And I could never be like an ER doctor because when I see an injury, I feel it. Like, yeah. I'm very <clears throat> empathetic to that. But at the same time, maybe it's the, the dude gene. I don't know. It's like I can switch stuff off and go home and leave stuff at work and walk away, and I'm okay. Right. And so overall, mental health has always been pretty good for me. I am keeping an eye on my wife because I know that she's had some struggles with stuff her childhood, they call it what childhood PTSD. Sure. And you know, so she's on medication and for, for different things. And we man, it took us a while to figure that out. After having our first, we had some struggles there. We've had some miscarriages, which is always 
difficult, but yeah, it's a lot of stress. That's a lot that adds on. I mean, life happens no matter what job you're in or, and these things do happen, but I feel, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like the thing that has changed my anxiety level has dropped quite a bit as a retiree. I had it and I didn't even realize I had it. I didn't realize how much anxiety I had until it went away. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is normal. Okay. This is the new baseline. And depression, it's pretty much gone. Every now and then I'll get a little bit, but it doesn't last for days or weeks or anything. It just goes like a little wave. Christmas morning, I had a little bit just for a couple hours and then it went away. I was like, okay, cool. That's just, but I'm very cognizant now because now I haven't experienced it uh, a lot. But one of the things you said, you can switch things off. And this is something that I think is kind of dangerous in our community, active duty and first responders is we do switch things off and we internalize, we compartmentalize because we are the warrior class, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to show weakness. We're supposed to suck it up and drive on, right? Tighten your boot, boot, lace, boot laces and uh, take some Motrin and keep going. <laughs> that's what we tell us to do. Drink more water. Or my dad used to say, rub some dirt on it and keep going. And that's what we get taught to do. So we do that with everything and it builds up. And so I think that's why we see, and it's not just PTSD, it's deployments. It's there's stress and anxiety in this way of life. And of course, being part of that warrior class, that cadre, it, there's a price to be paid where uh, you do internalize a lot. And I know you deal with that more than a lot of people do because a lot of people will open up to you. But you don't want to open up. Like I wouldn't go to a sergeant and say, hey, sergeant, I'm just kind of depressed right now, man. I'm just not, I'm feeling, I'm not feeling it. And we just don't do that. You don't open up to people like that uh, in your right. rank. Yeah. Uh, for good reason, probably. And when they say, well, you can always get mental health assistance. But when you do that, there's a stigma and you get labeled. It happens. The command says it won't happen. That's just nonsense. It's there is a stigma and there are consequences if you seek that sometimes not saying you shouldn't because i think it's worthwhile but i just love that i have this tool now that i know and it's the reason i know it works because it worked for me and it worked for a bunch of veterans i've talked to Mm. across the board no one has ever said it's a veteran that i've talked to that's done this for real no one has said their mental health was worse it's always been better it whether it's anxiety ptsd night terrors, uh, sleep apnea, their sleep quality is better. Their body feels better. Their mental ability to handle stress is better. The stress is still there, right? Mm -hmm. So the things that we know, the things that trigger suicide in the military, it's relationships, it's separation. When you leave, retire or separate, it's money problems, it's legal problems, and it's substance abuse problems. Those are the main triggers. And the army did a study and they said the underlying cause besides these triggers is untreated depression. And that's because we're internalizing stuff. So we have untreated depression, then we have triggers come in. And when the triggers come in, because we're on this diet or we're not handling stress well, the fulcrum has been moved and it's easier to take that permanent solution for a temporary problem. And that's what I think is happening. And I think that's why we've seen the increase in suicides from World War II to Korea and then Vietnam, it just tripled. And then now we're doubled what Vietnam was almost in this new era. And the majority of our suicides aren't even people that have seen combat. So it's not just PTSD. PTSD is another one of those triggers. PTSD is just like getting separated, just like losing your spouse or whatever Mm. in a divorce. It's just another trigger. But it's the untreated depression, I think, is the problem. Do you deal with a lot of a lot of the untreated depression? Do you think you see that in your in people that come to you? Yeah, to come back, and I'll answer that, but to yeah. go go back, leaving things aside, I think for me, speaking from a religious perspective, it's not like leaving it at work and then coming home, but it's like leaving it in God's hands and knowing yeah. there's a limit to what I can do. And I'm not going to come and tell my wife some of the crazy things that some of these sailors have been up to or, and people like, Oh, Hey chaps, you got crazy stories. People tell you, and I'm like, ah, really? If you want to leave here sad, I'll tell you some stories, but you probably don't want to hear them. I think ultimately my faith does give me some hope to know that there's more to it. But you know, coupling with knowing that this diet, removes obstacles yes as well so religion isn't going to solve all your problems carnivore diet is not going to solve all your problems but when you put these two things together you got captain planet in the less liberal way i guess but 
What I'm saying is when you, with your powers combined, you have way more tools to handle stress and cortisol and things that are coming at you. 100%. I agree. And you don't have the inflammation in the brain and in your body. And you couple it with knowing that this world is not all there is. And there's, a, there's another one to come. But while we're here, we can handle it. Couple these things together. And it's awesome. And so when people come and talk to me, thankfully, I think across the board, people come in and either they're brought to me by their chief, which is their supervisor. Yeah. Or chief petty officer. Not chief right. officer. Like right? yeah. yeah. Chief petty officer. That, yeah. 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 Their supervisor brings them in, says, chaps, can you, um, this guy? And I'm like, yeah, I got you, man. And they're like, see ya, they're out. And they leave this person, this guy is just bawling and bawling and bawling. And we'll set up a weekly routine to meet and to talk. And we'll talk about health and I'll do follow-up. And I think a lot of it too is accountability. Like Jordan Peterson, I think resonates with a lot of young people because there's some accountability there. And so when right. I'll say, hey, when you come to see me next week, here's our goal for this week. You let me know things that you hit and the things, the markers they hit, we're going to celebrate. And the ones that they missed, we're going to try again. And to know that it's okay we missed them, but we can try again. And by the time someone comes in to see me and they're bawling their eyes out, I'm going I'm to jump off the ship or whatever the thing is in a certain number of weeks that we meet, they're like, you know what, chaps, I feel great. I don't think we need to meet anymore. And that's, for me, that's the best day ever. Yeah. Yeah, sure, I love to meet with them, but I'd much rather somebody say, I don't need you because I think I'm great now. I think I can do this, as opposed to, I can't not ever meet with you and let's meet every day. You're like, well, it's... <laughs> and and I'll, I will also refer out, like, hey, this is above my ability i'll recognize that they need medical help on a level that i can't provide i am not the kind of person is like no they can see me and only me and it has to be me no i want my people to get the best help that they can get and so if i see that it's beyond my capability i will let them know in a very nice diplomatic way saying hey you should probably go talk to this person you can continue to see me but if you want something more for your situation, go this route. So, yeah, a lot of people, when it comes to depression, when it comes, especially like you know, on the ship, yeah, you know, even if you're on a carrier, it doesn't mean you get to see the light of day. Right. We've got these young men Snipes. and women, like yeah. they're working the reactor on a carrier yeah. and all the stuff that that has to deal with, including water clean water for the ship, steam to launch catapults, all these things. They're keeping an eye on all these monitors, and they don't see the light of day for weeks. And they're on a carrier. And, and they're just down in the basement, I guess, if you want to call it that. I call them crab people down there, the swells and whatnot. But they come and talk to me, and I'm, and I'm like, let's go to, the, go to Vulture's Row, and if there's no planes taken off or whatever, let's get you some sunlight. Yeah. And I'll ask them, when was the last time you seen the sun? And it has an effect. And so, yes, depression is a huge thing. I think that giving people purpose, because a lot of suicides on ships occur when they're in the yards, not when they're right. at sea. Which That's means, when I encountered it in the Navy. We had a our chop, our supply officer killed himself in uh, 89 when we were in the yards. We were getting refueled. So that was very, very sad. Yeah. And we're not even at sea. We're not even in combat. Like you said, what's going on here? And so it seems to me like there's more of an ex existential situation problem going on where I, I don't feel purpose. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. Maybe coupled with a bad diet. Yeah. Too much alcohol or bad influences or poor upbringing. A lot of people come into the military because they're trying to get out of something. Right. Out of a bad problem. And so there's a lot of compounding factors. But if you can provide the, the proper human diet, as I've heard someone would say, and some direction, that does, it, it pays off dividends. 
Well, I'm reading Chris Palmer's Brain Energy book right now, which I recommend you check out if you have not. Mm. And that's the one that Dr. Chafee read. And he was talking about the timing of the signals between the brain cells is like, it's got to be very precise. And I, I'm a network engineer, so timing is super important. Like every mm. router we have out there is geosynchronized to the exact right time. So it knows when to listen and to talk. And he's like, when your brain, when you start putting the wrong food in there and your mitochondria get damaged, then your brain starts misfiring and doesn't operate at an optimum level. That's why when you go on this diet, when you're eating and you get all these ketones, your brain functionality, they call it the brain fog. When that mm. lifts, I think when that brain fog lifts and your energy level and your my optimism has gone up, I can tell you everything's gone up on this. I don't know about your wife or you, but I feel more optimistic on this diet than when I'm not on this diet. I can tell you that about everything, right? About my, I feel confident too. I feel like I'm my abilities to do things. I just feel very optimistic, very confident, very proactive on this diet. Where I was very reactive before. I was very much a couch potato. Now my couch is totally neglected. So <laughs> I think the, except for when hockey's on, I'm a red. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. But your brain's operating properly. You can definitely deal with stress better. And I think that's part of the, like you said, it's, it's a tool, right? And it's the other thing is because we're warrior class, to not have to go seek counseling because we don't like to, but you could just tell someone in your platoon or in your company or whatever, hey, have you heard about this? Because I know it helps. And if someone's struggling and they can just not have to go see a doctor and try, yeah, try it out for 30 days and just see if it works. And I've, I have so many emails come in on this channel telling me they've turned things around. Vietnam vets, the older guys too, the older generations, and they're still turning around. And it's amazing. Uh, and I have active duty people doing it too. It's crazy, but it does make a big difference. Like I said, not once has a veteran changed this diet and made things worse than mm -hmm. I've experienced or heard of. So I think it's a good tool uh, to add to your toolbox and you don't have to be a chaplain. You don't have to be a chaplain <laughs> to do it. So it's great if you are, because people are going to come to you for advice and you can say, well, I don't know, but this is what I do. And this is my results, right? So yeah, that's great, man. How about your sleep quality? Did your sleep quality get better on this diet? Do you sleep better at night? With young kids, my oldest is, like I said, she has special needs, Down syndrome. So she'll kick in the door whenever she feels like it. Got it. But that being said, I bought a dumb watch because part of it is because I hate being tracked by people I don't know. Yeah. I know Fitbit got bought out by Google and whatnot. And so maybe there's that conspiracy theorist in me. They're tracking me everywhere I go. So I got a dumb watch. It's $20. If it breaks, I don't care. So I don't know in terms of actual numbers when you look at technology, but in terms of actual sleep, I want to say yes. Um, even though my little one is kicking the door in at 530 in the morning. Well, you said uh, you don't need, you don't need naps like you did. No, not at all. During the day, you're no. more awake and less tired. Easily. Especially yeah. when I'm at work, I'm going. There's no need. I don't need coffee. And today I skipped coffee. I just didn't need it. I woke up and I was like, boom, let's go. And we've been going to bed a little earlier just because I feel like tired. And and we get up. I'm up at six. I've been doing my sprints. Nice. And I, a pro tip, if you want to up your pull-ups, I got this from a, a dude, a kinesiologist, Masters. All right. Just hang. For three days, right? Every other day, or for five days, sorry. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hang as long as you can on your pull-up bar. Just hit full dead hang. Yeah. And it'll stretch your traps. And if you do that, the next week, you try a pull-up. Your pull-ups, you'll do one more than you did before. So Great tip, get, man. Get, get your baseline. Do your hang. So it's another thing to add into your sprints, right? Pull-ups in there, but... Yeah, I've been doing doing my sprints and my stretches, my pull-ups, trying to get ready because I'm penciled in for a Marine Corps billet next year. So nice. I, I got to get ready for those guys. Yeah, you got to earn their respect. And yeah, physicality is part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. good. How do you stay motivated to stick to this diet? Because it's kind of a crazy diet, like you said, being underway. Now I know when I was underway, I could have. And the submarine's a little different. We do get a little more leeway with what we eat. And we get pretty good quality food, even though if you a lot of it's reconstituted and canned after a while. But hey, I know breakfast is always a go-to where I could 
carnivore out all I want, eggs, bacon, ham, whatever. You could just eat. <laughs> How do you stay motivated to do this? What's your main motivation? I think the big one is just being healthy for my kids, having the energy when they say, hey, let's even just something as simple as let's go for a walk. And right. normally you're like, oh, I'm on the computer, or I'm busy and you're reading news or whatever. Just go, just get up and go. And so I want to be around. They're young. I want to be ready and available when they're older too. go for a run or exercise with them, or whatever. That's my goal ultimately is to be healthy for my family. I do want to look good for my wife. It's not going <laughs> to lie there. And then the part of the motivation is I just, I like it. I have hamburger and eggs every morning. Yeah. And I like it. It tastes good to me. Yeah. And then when we have meat in the afternoon, it just tastes good. I really, when I eat other stuff, and I think of all the, the horrible stuff that's in there, I don't want it. I, and having done this long enough, eating the cookies, like I'm like, this sucks. I'm. Why am I doing this? This doesn't even taste good. It doesn't even feel good. But there's these stupid things in my house. Like I'm going to throw them away. And I threw them away. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't wait for the holidays to get over so that people didn't have any, there's no obligation to be like, oh, I'm going to go to your house and we'll eat this. And I just could eat my regular thing. I don't have to stress about it anymore. I like this diet. I crave this diet. Like My body wants it. My brain wants it. Art wants it, like everything about this I want. So for me, it's easier to stick to it because like keto, you'll do grains and you'll do like low carbs, but then you'll get keto snacks or you're like, oh, it's popcorn. So it's low yeah. carbohydrates. So you're just like, you're always still hungry though. You're still feeding right. the addiction at a lower <laughs> rate. It's not it's, Unless you cut it out, you won't break the addiction. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. 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 I guess there's moderators. I know I've heard this terminology. I think it was Dr. Barry mentioned this and others, but I don't know. On some level, I'm a moderator. On others, I'm not. So I'm still figuring that out. I don't know. So now I think I sent you one of my planning guides, right? My PDF. And I don't know if you noticed that, but in there, I do have days 30, 60, and 90, like where you track what your activity is. And I have sunlight in there. I think going for a walk, getting sunlight. These are things that I think people should focus on, like, what was your sleep, sleep quality like? What do you feel like when you wake up in the morning? These are important things that change on this diet. And that changed my motivation too. Just being, like I said, I was like you, my son would want to go do something and I'd go do it, but I didn't feel like it. Mm. I really was like, man, I don't feel like going for this walk or riding a bike with my son. Now it's like, bam, let's go. Let's go for a hike. Let's go do stuff. And I just feel like getting out and doing stuff. It's just a different. So my motivation is my mental health and my physical health. I used to fear cancer you know, getting older, every time I go to colonoscopy or something, I think, okay, here it comes. I'm going to get the diagnosis. Every time I went in, my mm -hmm. mom died at 67 from Alzheimer's. That's 10 years older than me now. And I used to fear Alzheimer's. And now I don't feel, I don't fear either because I know Alzheimer's is a metabolic disease and cancer is a metabolic disease. And I probably have a much lower chance of getting either one of those. And if I do get them, I know I can treat them through diet and uh, very effectively. So I, for me, my motivation is health too. For my son, I'd love to, he's 14. Uh, I'd love to see him graduate college if he does or do his career, get into his career and have kids and meet my grandkids. That's what I want to do. So that's my, my, my motivation. I heard about him. He's a runner. Yeah, right? he is. Yeah, yeah. He's a runner. That's right. I ran track in high school, college. Yeah, I, I did that. Did you? Hurdles, relays. Oh yeah. Nice. That's, that's awesome, dude. That, I think your son's a more distance runner, though. Yeah, I ran, and I ran mile and two mile in high school, and I wrestled. Okay. okay. And I was six, six foot one in high school. I'm six foot three now. And I wrestled, and then in college, I played lacrosse and rugby. So I went to Michigan State, and I went to Louisiana State for a year. All right. So let's talk about this. Now, I know you talked to veterans and first responders in your old position, and you probably still have connections in those communities. And I, I know you are going to recommend, but I just want to know if someone's watching this video and they're a veteran or a first responder and they don't know you, 
tell them what you'd tell them if they sat down with you and asked about carnivore. Oh man, where to begin? Okay, so one thing I said to somebody recently, we had this awards board, but we're like chewing the cud before you know, we do some business. And I said, vegetables or meat? What What do you think digests better? When we got fiber out, what are you made out of? So if you eat vegetables or you eat meat, what do you think it's going to absorb better? Like you're made out of meat. You absorb meat better. So look into steak and all of the vitamins and minerals it provides because you cannot get certain things out of vegetables like vitamin B12 and other vitamins that I can't remember off the top of my head. Like B12 doesn't exist for humans in vegetables. And B12 wasn't synthesized fully until the 1970s. So there's no such thing as a vegan before the 1970s. Look into all the stuff that people don't tell you exists in meat and how not only how healthy all these things are necessary for your diet they are, but also how bioavailable you will absorb this stuff. And when you do, you'll find that you sleep better, your inflammation goes down, your stress is better, your sleep, not why I said sleep, yeah, but your sleep is important. So the sleep is better, your digestion is better, and you're going to find, and, and look, the truth is all you got to do is try it for one month. Right. How long have you been alive? Tell me one month that you remember going entire month of your life that has impacted you. This one will impact you the most out of the rest. In this month, if you try this diet and you're very serious about it, you will immediately see effects unlike anything else you've ever done in your life. Even exercise. Because once you're on this diet and you go on that trajectory, you will find that your exercise improves. That you'll want not that you have to do stuff. And so absolutely I recommend this diet for anybody on any scale. If you're brand new to the Navy, you will be a superhuman. Your right. brain will develop better. Your muscles will develop stronger. Your bones will be incredible. And you have this laser focus. You will be the best person in your shop. And even if you are a well-retired veteran, you will be reversing stuff. I'm not a, a medical doctor. I'm not providing medical advice, etc. Right. But people have seen diabetes reverse and other health issues reverse just by being on this diet that is super bioavailable. So why would you not at least try it for 30 days? If you if it doesn't work for you, fine. It didn't work. It didn't work for you. But as we've heard, anybody who comes, who's tried it and has come back with feedback has never said, as far as I know, as far as he knows, that it doesn't work. So at least give it a shot. You have zero to lose because there's no carb. There's no carbohydrate that you have to eat. Right. Zero carbohydrates that are necessary. But the stuff that you get out of meat is, you get all of it out of yeah, I have a dream. I was a platoon leader for two years, which is very rare for a, a chief warrant officer, but we were low on butter bars. So <laughs> I took over for a butter bar, which is a lieutenant that was totally jacked up. So they said, my company commander said, chief, I need you to take a platoon. I'm like, all right, I've been a platoon sergeant before. I can do this. And had the best platoon in the company, of course, for two years, because I know what I'm doing. Anyway, my dream would be have a platoon of carnivores. I cannot imagine how amazing they would be and how they would outperform every other platoon in the battalion, division, whatever, physically, mentally, uh, you know, just can-do attitude, the optimism, just all the motivation, the performance you'd have. It's just, It would just be amazing to see, and I'd love to do it if I could get a chance. If there's any company commanders out there that would let me help one of their platoons, like, shine, it would be amazing. But, yeah. And just trying it, that's the thing. There's no no major price to pay, right? It doesn't cost more. It's just like, hey, eat some meat and eggs and cut out this other stuff. And I don't know if you watched my latest video, but how not to fail. 
but I did a video on how not to fail. And because I always hear this, I could never give up X vegetables, whatever it is. I could never, that's false because anyone that's been in the military knows you give up stuff when you go, (laughs) depending where you're at, right? I can never give up coffee. Really? Well, go to Kandahar for a while. See how the coffee is when when you're in the field, You, you give up stuff because you have to, right? But I tell people like, if I were to write a $25,000 check and put an escrow account with you and I had, and and you agreed that you would do carnivore for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, you get that $25,000 check. And in exchange if someone's going to shadow you and watch everything you eat and record it, would you be able to do that for 30 days for $25,000? And everyone's answer should be pretty much yes. It'd be no brainer because you can do anything for 30 days in the military and for a $25,000 bonus at the end. And the reason they can give up all that is because they have absolute faith in that escrow account and they have the faith in the money in there, but they don't have faith in this diet because every diet they've tried before has failed. And that's because every diet they tried before was flawed. They're all restriction diets. And this is an elimination diet. This is not a restriction diet. And I think what happens is people bring in their failure mentality and failure patterns from other diets into here like they want to cheat. They want to do things. What can I get away with? Can I have olive oil? Can I have avocado? And it happens over and over. Every day I see that same stuff. And it's because they're bringing their failure patterns into the first vehicle ever that they've tried that is 100% will put out 200% more results than your effort that goes in. It's just the results are crazy amazing if you just trust the process for 30 days. So I challenge people to write a $25,000 check in their mind and put it in escrow and drive for 30 days and try it. That's what I say. Just do it. That's what I did. I did like the Cortez thing. I burned my ships in the harbor. So right. My soldiers are going to conquer the Aztec nation or we're going to die. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Now I just emptied my cupboard out and I'm like, this is the way it's going to be. And it's going to suck for about four weeks. And it does. But on the other end of that, man, glory. That's me though. Yeah. I hear you, man. It, you, you, when you say 30 days, that's what I agree. You need to try this for 30 days and you need to give it a real shake. Not I'm going to cheat on Sundays and have pizza or whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about give it a real tribe. BBB and E, 30 days, and you, it'll change your life. And that's another thing I like to say is this is really a life-changing event. Not many things are. Graduating from a military school is when you become a sailor, soldier, airman. Getting married is. It's. I think life-changing events are events that change your identity and the trajectory of your life going forward. You get married, you graduate from a school, whatever, you start a career, you get out of college, become a doctor, that's life-changing. And this is one of those things, I think, when you actually do it, when you get past 100 days, for sure, man, it changes everything. For me, it did. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> people say 30 days, some people say 90 days. If Even if it's two weeks or one yeah. week, you'll still see a difference. But if you aren't willing to do it, if you don't, you're not there yet. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe it's not bad enough. Maybe things haven't crashed enough. I deal with people who get to that point where it's so bad that they can't move forward anymore. At least mentally, spiritually speaking. I would recommend don't wait for that. Get ahead of it. Right. But for some people, like that's... Maybe that's what it is. They have to get to their lowest point. But 90 days, 30 days, two weeks, like it's one day at a time. Really, it's what it is. And if it's cheaper, if it's healthier, if it's, and if you feel better and you're able to give, it's not just about you. Like you can do this for you and that's great. But in the end, what ends up happening is you end up giving back. And that's the beauty too, is if you can actually, instead of just like living life, like, oh, woe is me, take everything in. If you're living a life where you're actually out there in the world and giving back to it, that's a beautiful, massive payback. And if you're talking 30 days to not just get that check for 24, was it $24,000? 25,000, yeah. 25, 25,000, but then you can pay that forward to 10 other people, $25,000. Imagine yeah. it made interest and you could actually give back to the people in need that you know in your life. Like it, it's 30 days is worth it. Yeah. At least. Yeah, I totally agree. 
And then and another thing we're talking about changing identity. I'm a Christian now. I got saved at 30. So that's how I became a Christian. I was a long, long time heathen, switched over <laughs> to Christianity. I hit my rock bottom. That's what I required. I hit rock bottom, found my ground and hit my feet running and became Christian. That was another life changing event. So that's, mm. it's like one of those events, but it's more of a physiological mental thing than a spiritual crisis uh, that might drive people to this. So they may not be a Christian, which is fine. But you can hit rock bottom a bunch of different ways. Trust me, I've done it a couple. Mm. And there's a lot of ways you can do it. But you don't have to, like Jaime says here. I mean, you can just go ahead and take care of business proactively or turn the ship before you get to the rock bottom, right? You don't have to go to the end. Well, Jaime, it's been great, man. Just love talking to you. I'm glad there's a chaplain out there that's a carnivore. That's fantastic. I think God has you right where you need to be, man, on that ship and interacting with all those families. Because not just the servicemen and women it's their families too that are leaning on you too so it's a huge responsibility you have a massive amount of respect for me and i know as being a leader of men and women it's not an easy position and you deal with a lot of hard stuff on a daily basis i just want to thank you for your service uh thank you for being a carnivore and being out there and uh, i'm going to drop you off and um gonna say goodbye to everybody and stick around we'll talk for a few minutes then we'll say goodbye all right Tommy? awesome thanks man appreciate it yeah. All right, guys. Another great conversation. Jaime's just a really special guy and super happy that he is a carnivore and he's out on an aircraft carrier service, serving a bunch of uh, service people and not only servicing them with their emotional and spiritual needs, but also now he can help them with physiological needs, which is great. Anyway, great talk. Looking forward to our next one. All I got to say is stay strong and overcome. Carnivore Soldier out.